Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharf Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Welcome back. H- have I told you recently how much I love that intro music? Oh, I love it. Yep. It's good. It's great. It's podcast music. Right. We wrote it for a, a project, right? We wrote it for a project, but it's a great... Love it for that. It's a great pro- podcast. Yeah. Podcast music. It is. So today, as we dive into increasing more and more opportunities to help you increase your income yes. and revenue streams... In the modern music world. Things change, people. Daily. Every day. Sometimes hourly. Sometimes. You know what? Since the intro music stopped, <laughs> the industry has changed. Something has changed. <laughs> Something's changed. I can feel it, yeah. So we are always, always, always looking for ways for indie musicians, not indie musicians, aspiring Abs- musicians. Emerging established. Established. Anybody, all musicians, all friends of musicians, family members of musicians, to make more money. So today we're going to talk to Zach Bear. Zach Bear, who is CEO of Venue, V-N-U-E. Yeah, and under under the Venue... Parent, the parent company. Parent company. Under that umbrella, there is uh, set.fm. Set, set There's Disc Live, which does live recording. And the new their new venture, Soundster, mm-hmm. um, which we're inter- I'm really interested to hear what, they, yeah, what yeah, his absolutely. take on this is. But set.fm and, and Disc Live are ways for you to record very, very easily your live performances that you are already doing. Yep. And instantaneously... Oh, oh, nice snap. <laughs> Sell those Ooh, recordings snap. to your audience before they even get out to the car. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. and again, this is for, for bands that are playing live regularly, which all bands should be doing. And you all should be artists awesome. should be doing. And you should be awesome. It's the modern world. It's not the Milli Vanilli era <laughs> exactly. where people aren't actually singing their stuff. Exactly. This is, you guys are awesome. And you're right. playing live to people exactly. who dig you. But you know what? Even if you're playing to tracks... As long as your vocals are great, yeah, totally. You can sell that. Yeah, right. This is increased revenue that you're leaving on the table. Yeah, and so we're going to talk to Zach about how that works and exactly. how that operates in this modern world uh, where the 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 things are changing exactly. every day. Because that's our job. We are mentoring for the modern, modern musician, musician, which is you guys. Exactly. So here we are. Strap in. This is a good one. Jump in. Zach, Love it. With, this is our interview with Zach Bear. Venue. Hello, Zach. Adam and Michael calling from Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, doing- man. We are excited to talk to you about your businesses. Well, I'm very excited to, uh, to share with you and talk to you guys. Absolutely. Well, so let's, let's start with a little bit of uh, background about you. So where, where did your, uh, how did you get into music and where, where did you start with that? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> that's a loaded question. So <laughs> um, I've always been interested in music um, pretty much since I was a small child. Uh, my mother had a grand piano in the house, and probably from about the age of four years old, I started kind of banging around on the piano and and uh, driving her nuts, basically. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and from there, you know, I got into junior high school, and you know, she wouldn't let me play drums for obvious reasons, but I yeah, ended up nice. uh, playing trumpet, and you know, eventually moving into. Uh, moving into guitar and starting to play in bands and things like that. And um, as I kind of moved on in my, my uh, technical career, I guess, uh, you know, I've always had a soft spot for 
helping artists and empowering them and um, finding solutions that would allow them to generate more revenue and protect rights and things like that. So um, pretty much, you know, the better part of the last 15 to 18 years, um, I've been focused in that space. And um, I pretty much owe it all to, to my mom not yanking the piano out of the house and, and uh, allowing me to... <laughs> Allowing me to pursue, uh, you know, my my musical quest, so to speak. Well, I love that. I, I love, love that. That's, that's a fantastic answer. Well, we're, we're we're I think we and the rest of the world are glad that your mom did not uh, yeah, rip absolutely. that piano out of the house. Absolutely, it's a good thing. Well, I, I, I don't know. You haven't heard my music, so. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, even, there you even go. if you know, I'm sure your music is great. But even if it was awful, it it ignited your passion to keep you in the industry, the the doing the the work you're doing, and yeah. and helping artists everywhere. Well, you know, you know, and I feel very thankful that I'm actually able to do two things that I really love, which is um, work in technology, which you know really has been the bulk of my you know, professional career and then melding that with my love of music and being able to create solutions for artists. So I'm, I'm, I'm real lucky and I do wake up every day, you know, you know, thanking, you know, the almighty for giving me that opportunity and hoping that I don't blow it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't we all, right? Don't we all? That's (laughs) That's a great way to put it. Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) Please let me go out and be the best me I can be and not fall flat on my face. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Love that. Exactly. So, so I got. I would love to know where did it start. So, when which what company is under which umbrella? So, so v- venue is the parent company. Is that correct? Yes, um, <clears throat> venue is the parent company, and um, uh, in that umbrella, um, and, and I'll kind of I'll give you a little bit of background. I came into venue. Yeah, I came into venue in May of uh, 2016. Prior to that, really, a, a lot of my career has been spent in either startup companies or um, technology slash music companies and a prior public company that that, um, that we had. But they've all been music-focused, right? And yeah. my focus since about 2002 um, with a company that I started called Immediatech uh, was creating a solution where fans could download mix and match tracks and then burn that to a CD, but then the CD could not be copied. So it was, you know, basically okay. copy control technology. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. And we were, yeah, yeah. We were starting to get a lot of traction with that. Our first big artist we worked with was uh, JC Chazet from NSYNC. He was, he was pretty big at the time. Yeah. And um, um, right after we started getting a lot of traction, iTunes came out and then disrupted everything. <laughs> and, yeah, I bet. <laughs> You know, so we kind of we kind of shifted gears because they kind of more or less poo pooed on the idea of copy control and it changed a lot. So yep. we ended up, um, you know, I was very interested in monetizing the live music experience, and yep. uh, we had investigated looking into kiosks and things like this that we could set up and record the show and you could walk out, you know, from a kiosk. But then I discovered a very young fledgling company called uh, Disc Live. Um, this was about 2003. Right. And they were looking to be uh, acquired. They made a lot of traction and they had some some good ideas. Um, so we acquired them into a media attack and um, really kind of commercialized the, the what we call the instant live space. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that, our first big uh, first big tour uh, was with uh, with the Pixies 
in their uh, comeback tour in 2004. Wow. And uh, we were doing a thousand CDs a night at wow. 1,200 seat venues. It was insane. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Off, off the chain. Yeah. yeah. So to, to condense that a little bit, to flash forward, we started getting a lot of traction with that. Um, a media tech, the parent company of, of Disc Live at that time, uh, was also a public company. And um, a guy by the name of Mark Cuban started snipping around and asking, you know, would we be interested in selling majority interest in the company? And he loved the concept, blah, blah, blah. So long story short is that it sounded awesome. And you know, um, we ended up accepting the deal, but after the deal went through, he kind of stopped funding, um, the live music part of it, you know, and that's, you know, that's where my, my passion is. And, uh, you know, so I I basically, you know, made an exit and negotiated rights out of that exit so that I could continue doing what I've been doing, you know, with the live stuff. Right. And, um, Continued on, and, and in 2007, did a um, did a DVD for Melissa Etheridge. It was called The Awakening Live. Um, that was filmed in, um, uh, I believe it was the, the Hard Rock in Times Square. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of put me back into the mix, I guess, so to speak. And over the next year or two, we did a bunch of uh, uh, instant live, um, uh, you know, artist stuff with guys like Tesla and with Dickie Betts and Richie Furey and a few yeah. others. Yeah. And, um, in 2009, um, I linked up with uh, with EMI Music Group um, through an old relationship, and from 2009 till 2012, um, Disc Live was basically known as Abbey Road Live. Uh, you know, oh, part of the studio, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and, and we actually got a lot of traction during that time. Uh, we did over 110 shows with Peter Frampton around the world. Whoa! Um, wow. Yeah, engaged with Slash, and we did some shows with Alter Bridge, and just a really a whole, you know, a pretty good size, you know, plethora of artists. So um, in 2012, that ended because um, Universal was making its bid to buy EMI, and they basically, you know, choked off all the project funding. Right. So I, I spun, yeah, spun it back out again, and and rebranded it back to Disc Live, um, and kind of during during that time period, you know, from the 2009-2012 time period, we were really looking into how we can scale the concept and bring more value to the artist. And the obvious choice in that would be to be able to, you know, have it delivered on a mobile device, you know, when you walk out of the mobile device. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, so I've been looking for for solutions and, uh, you know, for Disc Live and ran across... Um, in 2015, um, a little company called Venue, and uh, found that the the guy that had been running the company at the time, I'd met him about um, eight years ago or so at a Billboard um, magazine event, and uh, I was like, wow, man, I mean, you really made a coup here, you know, you got <laughs> Venue started, and Venue had bought the old assets of a company called Lively, which had started to develop. Um, the solution I just mentioned, um, yeah. you know, delivering to the, to the mobile device. Yeah. So I came into the picture and talked to, to Matthew and eventually kind of long story short is, um, because of my long experience in this space and, you know, disc live and myself, were kind of known as the, the pioneers of the instant live business, so to speak. Yeah. Um, 
I came on board Venue in, in 2016 and brought with me uh, some investment and, you know, some um, uh, a small amount of team around me, um, you know, really to get the company, the public entity where it needed to be in terms of reporting and things like that. So um, the idea from the very beginning when I came into Venue was like, wow, this is great. You know, it's a I've done the public company thing before. I understand Star, Sarbanes-Oxley. Sure. I know the ins and outs and all that stuff. And I thought, you know, this is a really good way to pull together the disparate things that that I've been working on, yeah. you know, separately into one umbrella and really create um, a strong um, um, advocate for for artists and revenue generation and, and then rights creation. And, you know, the, the, the venue venue stead from the very beginning was to you know not just go out and record shows and whatnot but also to be able to you know take care of the rights and make sure that the artists got paid so absolutely um i know this is probably a little bit longer than, than not you at all hear, no, but, no this um, is perfect it's exactly what um, want. i got into it and you know got into the company and i brought uh tony cardenas on board better known as tony montana he he's the original bass player from the band great white uh, nice. selling artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, yeah. He's actually worked with me for about eight years uh, in Disc Live, and uh, we met when he was touring with Slash in Australia. He was actually playing uh, bass with Slash at with the Slash. time. Okay. Um, but he's a you know he's a tech guy like me. He's you know he founded a company called Disc Factory, and you know he and I think very much alike. So I brought him on board, and we kind of dug into the in the platform that they've been working on a venue and just decided that it wasn't really where it needed to be technology wise. Yeah. Um, so, so we started thinking about, you know, Hey, are we going to, are we going to go out and, you know, rebuild this or are we going to go out and try to acquire something that, you know, fits the mold and, and, uh, you know, fits the bill. Well, there'd only been, you know, two competitors in the space, really. One of them was lively and that's the software that venue had acquired. Yeah. The other one was, uh, uh, it was called set.fm. Right. Um, and, you know, I had kind of followed that, you know, uh, over the last couple of years. And um, just one of those random things, I did a Google search, and turns out that um, um, Pledge Music bought Set.fm, and somewhere along the line in there, my former boss at EMI, Dominic Pandicia, yeah. who has run, uh, who ran Carolyn Records for many years and was right, in charge right. of art, artist services, yeah, yeah he, um, uh, he had become CEO. A pledge, and I'm like, hey, this is like perfect. Let me call up, uh, um, you know, Dominic, and you know, let's uh, let's make a deal. So, yeah, uh, made a deal, acquired the Set FM uh, uh, platform um, with the idea that you know, when Set FM was originally launched, it was it was focused pretty much entirely on indie music and mm -hmm. kind of do-it-yourself stuff. Sure. Um, we we immediately decided that we needed to translate that to our you know big artists that we work with where we actually hold their hand from one end to the other end and, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you know, do, basically do everything for them. So our first big release that we did with Set FM was uh, Rob Thomas. Um, wow. And we did that in, yeah, about a year ago. Um, we, we did that um, uh, with some shows, and, and we're probably going to end up doing some more shows with Rob, obviously. But um, so, so we implemented that, and, you know, we're working on upgrading and fixing it and whatnot. But along the line, and, I, and this is where my story gets a little bit more passionate, um, I also own a couple of uh, live music venues called Rock House Live uh, in Memphis. Okay. And 
Um, having been, having owned venues before, you know, bars and restaurants and stuff like that, um, there has been a long time issue with the performing rights organizations, ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC, um, coming into these establishments and demanding that the, the owners or, you know, the owners of the businesses pay what I would call um, disproportionate licensing fees to, to blanket license anything that's within their catalog, right? right. So right. most bars and restaurants will end up spending thousands of dollars a year having to pay all three PROs. And me having been in the business for a long time and understanding the publishing world, you know, my first question is, well, okay, so, you know, you're making me do this blanket license. How do you know even one, one of your songs is played, in, you know, in my venue? And, of course, they can't answer that question. Right. Um, yeah. And then, you know, after getting a little bit more deep into it, I said to myself, I said, look, there's got to be a solution to this. You know, if right. you can hold up a Shazam and, and identify a song, we should be doing this in venues. Right. So I actually filed, filed two patents um, with a a fairly comprehensive system for doing that. And then as I started to kind of evangelize this, because what, what most people don't know is that many artists at the mid-level, uh, and I'll use my buddy Tony as an example, who's had a lot of success, but is not one of the top 200 touring acts right no. now. Right. They're not, they're not getting, they're not getting paid for cover songs played by bands and bars and restaurants. Cause right. That general licensing money never comes you know? to them. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Never. Right, so I started evangelizing this, and I, I met a group called the Fairness in Music Licensing Coalition, um, who's advocating an update and copyright law and things like that. And, and somehow or another, I think they may have introduced me to Aaron Bucarelli, uh, who was the founder of Soundster. Yeah. And I pulled up Soundster, and I'm like, wow, I mean, look, these guys, you know, this is what I'm doing, you know? Right. So I got on the phone with, I called Aaron, and, uh, we started chatting, and I went up and met with him in Nashville. He came down from, I think, Cincinnati. And um, it turns out we're both coming at the same thing from two different angles. His, his side of the coin was he's an artist. He's a platinum-selling artist and discovered through his royalty um, statements that he hadn't been paid roughly half a million dollars from public performances. You know, wow. and wow. This, this is a common problem. I mean, if you think about – I'll use a great example is – that if you go to any bar in, in Tennessee where, where I live, at some point you're going to hear the, the song Mustang Sally. Some <laughs> cover band. Yes, exactly. At some point and, during the night, that's yeah. what you're going to hear. Absolutely. But because it's not on the Billboard Top 200 or whatever, right. the, the copyright owners are not getting paid for that. You know, right. they, you know there's simply there's no mechanism that had been in place to... to to check that. Unless the cover artist that's playing it that night submits a, a cover sheet to BMI exactly. or ASCAP, they're not going exactly. to have any idea that it Yeah, they're not going to do that. Right. I mean, it's too much hassle. Yeah. And, um, you know, so you got a double-edged sword here. You got on one end, BMI and ASCAP and CSAC making these bar owners license their entire catalog, even if they might only play 5% of that catalog at any given time. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have between the three of them, about a billion dollars in um, general licensing royalties that they collect, but we don't know where that goes to. It goes to a black hole, and there's really no transparency. And you know, um, you know, it's just a, it, it's been done this way for a hundred years, and um, there's no accountability. Right. Um, so 
I I saw Soundster as an obvious addition to to the venue umbrella because it addresses, you know, a huge side of the the equation, which is we want to enable publishers, writers, and artists to get paid, and we want to enable transparency. You know, so the goal is, um, and and by the way, this applies to radio stations too. And you know, a lot of people don't don't realize that um, the the PROs also charge a blanket licensing fee to the radio station. So if you have a station that's only playing 10% of somebody's catalog, they're overpaying by, you know, anywhere from 20 to 40%. Sure. Right. Um, sure. Right. It's yeah. one of the advantages yeah, so, to Spotify and the like is that is that there's more transparency. Exactly. Right, exactly. So so our idea is uh, is to basically connect all the dots so that we will know the time a song is played in a, in a venue or radio station. We'll know who that song belongs to. We'll know which PROs have jurisdiction and at what percentages so that we can act accurately track, you know, exactly how many plays that song is getting and exactly, you know, who should be paid and how much. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the goal is two, twofold. One is to, to give artists the ammunition to say, look, you know, we can direct license this, you know, and we know we're going to get paid, whereas I'm probably not going to get paid anything if I'm on BMI or ASCAP because... They don't know that my songs are being played in this venue. Um, and secondly, we want to create a more of a utility model for the bars and restaurants and radio stations where you're paying per use, not per, you know, just saying we think you're going to use this much, so we're going to charge you the whole blanket fee. So the goal is to reduce the cost of these venues that are licensed, but also to encourage other venues and bars and restaurants to become licensed because it's now affordable, and we know we're getting the right people paid at the end of the right, day. Right. Um, so yeah. So there's about 30 percent or so uh, estimated uh, in this country that are licensed, but that leaves 70 percent that are unlicensed that all could be generating revenue for for artists, publishers, and writers. Right. Um, absolutely. So so all this stuff comes together in, in one system where basically, um, uh, and I'll give you a great example is that FM platform. We're recording live stuff. With Soundster, we'll be able to identify the live track on the fly, clear the direct licensing on the fly, and make sure that um, the stakeholders are paid for that music. And simultaneously, we want to integrate the functionality in of the SetFM studio app, which is basically a tool that artists can use to, to record and upload their stuff into the system. We want to integrate that together into one piece so that all of this stuff is being managed on the fly, and it clears a huge hurdle that's just been a hassle over the years, which is it is mechanical mechanical licensing for uh, you know for these instant live products. That's so a- it's really exci- exciting where we're at, and I'm you know I talked an awful lot about it, but it basically forms a nice big cohesive package. Yeah, you know that addresses multiple avenues, and at the end of the day, we think that you know. We're the we're the um, you know we're breaking new ground with Soundster, and we think that we have a good chance of capturing um, you know a large market share with that and, and getting people paid. Well, I love that. I you know it hadn't occurred to me, but if you're going to use uh, you know the uh, you know the venue live uh, services or you're going to use Set.fm, that if you're doing a cover song, if you're doing somebody's song that isn't yours, if you're going to sell that that night. You need to make sure that those that licensing's already been cleared, and exactly, that, and the soundster yeah. the soundster technology would take care of that. 
exactly. And what's you know what's what's good is I mean when we originally first started doing this back in 2000, really 2003, um, the instant CDs we were doing each night's CDs were uh, basically a a different album. So even right. if you recorded right. the same song 20 nights in a row. Every album's different, so you would have had to get a license for every single album. Yeah. Um, well, I worked very early on with uh, Harry Fox and created what's called the Express Live Agreement, yep. which Fantastic. streamlines yep. that. So that you, sure does. Yeah, streamlines it. Yeah, it made it made it a lot better. Yeah. Um, but this is the next next step in that evolution. So yeah. Uh, and, and they've been pretty good in the past. Like if a you know a band is always going to throw in a song on the set list that you're not anticipating. Right. You know, so as long as you you know, as long as you take care of it after the fact, it's always been, you know, pretty good about that. But yeah, this definitely. means that we will have, yeah, we'll have no, you know, no gap. We'll know everything, and it'll be fairly instantaneously once the system is actually complete. That's fantastic. So, I, you know, Zach, I would love to hear you talk a little bit about. Um, I think now that we've got a we've got a really good handle on what Soundster does, I'd love to hear um, uh, you describe a little bit more about what Set.fm. Uh, the app does and the difference between it and what venue offers we know that it's venue is more of a you guys go out with the artists and do it but the set set.fm app seems more like something that an artist could do for themselves is that true yeah so let me uh, i'll kind of break it down that'd be great um, thanks there's, there's a couple of separate areas right so set.fm is a digital and mobile platform that allows artists as well as us to record music in high quality upload it to the platform, and sell it on our platform. SetFM is unique in that there is a, a module called the SetFM Studio, which is actually a separate iOS app and or a plug-in uh, that goes into, like, your Logic Pro. That will allow you to seamlessly do this and record on the fly, even uploading to the server on the fly so that by the time the, song, the show's over, like literally two or three seconds after the last note, it's already live and ready to go, and wow, the fans wow. can purchase it. I wow. love so the, that. So the platform itself, yeah, so it's all audio right now. We're going we're gonna to move to video at some point, but um, oh, it's wow, audio. And, oh, yeah, yeah it's going to be cool. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the pipeline, man. That's in the pipeline. Absolutely, I love it. Yeah, so SetFM, when we acquired that, we added a separate category called Premier Artists. Okay. So the Premier Artists section is – the section where we put our artists that we record. So if you go up, uh, gotcha. go into Set FM and just search on Premiere, you're going to see the artists that we've recorded and uploaded and produced. Okay. Um, then there's a bunch of other categories, you know, like rock and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's all, you know, do-it-yourself indie artists that have uploaded their own content. Um, you know, disclaimer here, I think since we've acquired it, we've been starting to kind of clean some stuff out of there that, mm -hmm. you know, people experiment and never quite get all the way up there. But yep. um, the goal will be is to have, we wanted to create a platform where artists who are incentivized will be able to eventually move over to the premier section once they re reach a threshold on the number of sales and things that they have of their own record. So they'll be like, if they reach a threshold, then they'll be sold right alongside Rob Thomas, for example, right. you know, which gives them the opportunity of uh, tremendous exposure. Absolutely. Um, the, the thing that's really groundbreaking about this is, you know, recording is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And right. we, provide, we provide at least a couple of tools that help do that, and we're looking at actually a, a, another tool that will even take it further, um, but we'll – 
allow you to get something somewhat better than just a soundboard recording um, and a, a, a good quality recording and be able to sell it and market it to your fans. Um, the do-it-yourself cut, uh, we just take 15% and the artist gets everything else. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's a good deal. That's phenomenal. Um, now, now, the other side of the coin is the physical side of our business um, is my company, Disc Live. Now, we just did, because of the related parties thing, we did a, a, a license agreement with Disc Live. Okay. Um, where, so when Disc Live goes out and operates, it operates under the venue umbrella, right? Okay, gotcha. So Disc Live handles all of the collectible physical products, like limited edition CDs and USB drives and Anything that we're actually like laminates that we do, we do these little cool scratch off laminates where you turn it over on the back, you scratch the code off, and then you download it through Set FM. So it's really pretty cool. <laughs> oh, wow. That's um, fantastic. I, I'm imagining that's something yeah, that the artist could then sign if they want, and then you can charge even more oh, for it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's pretty slick. So there's two different sides of the house, but they're all related in terms of Disc Live and Set FM. And we do operate. You know, like we're we're going out on the road with uh, the Music of Cream tour, which is two yep. of the kids from the original band members and uh, uh, the nephew of uh, Eric Clapton. Um, that that offering is going to be a CD product. Okay. Um, but we're also going to yeah, but we're also going to offer them the opportunity to to download, um, you know, the set with set.fm. So all of our literature on site has a QR code where all I have to do is zap the QR code and then they download the app and then they can pick the show and uh, purchase it at that point in time. That's fantastic. That's phenomenal. So, yeah. well, you know, the That's thing, really like, I mean, yeah. I got the thing that we love about this when we, when we first heard about this is, you know, I think that, you know, we can all agree that the music industry is changing daily and that one of the things that we, sort of have to accept is that physical sales of CDs are gone, that that's not going to, that's sort of a thing of the past. Traditional, four million people buy, Frampton comes alive right. in the store. And and so what's, what's most yep. important is figuring out where you can generate and monetize that music that this artist is performing. And one of the things that Adam and I have talked about a lot is that what people are willing to buy now is an experience. And, experience, absolutely. Right? And so what you guys are offering is an instant audio experience of what that, what that fan just went through. And that's how you take a fan and you turn them into a super fan, and they want to come to all the shows instead of just, you know, one or two of the shows. And so... Well, yeah, and I'm imagining, like, some indie bands that, that sort of have a jam vibe where each night is, is slightly different... And people go to multiple shows, and they'd want to download or buy a physical version of multiple versions of that same show because they're all different. Absolutely, yeah, we have absolutely seen that happen. Um, we we've had super fans of some of the bands we've done. We'll travel to every single show, and they'll buy every single you know every single night you know of the concert. Um, and, and it's true in physical products too. And I'll, and I'll tell you absolutely. one of the interesting things is the the CDs and USB drives and all that kind of stuff. They are down for sure in regular retail from where they used to be. Right. But when you go to record um, yes. a group like well, like Peter Frampton, for example, yeah, yeah, right. you know his, his his demographic is a physical product, absolutely, you know, a group, and you would be amazed 
how much product you can sell absolutely in that format what's amazing is that and with with peter frampton's demographic you're absolutely right they're they're well legacy artists legacy artists stuff are still going to sell physical stuff i can absolutely imagine them still selling physical product not just at shows but also in stores to their fan base because that's what they're used to but what I love about what exactly. you guys are doing with Set.fm is if you're getting baby bands and young indie bands and up-and-coming bands exactly. using this app, their fans are starting to get used to buying the experience of that, which gently helps them get into buying music. Music. Again. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, and there's a lot of new things that we can do, too, um, you know, with the platform. Um, in that, for example... We can include, you know, for a, a band that's selling 500 tickets, which is a smaller show for yep, what yep. we do when we actually partner with the band. Right. Um, but simply by including a free track download of that night's show with the ticket and embedding $2 in the ticket price, you increase the revenue and you also right. have the ability to, to upsell to a premium product. So yeah. exactly. there's a lot of, really, you know, it's a lot of marketing things. And, and that's the other thing, too, is that, from our professional side of the house, we really engage. We do. We go out and do, you know, hardcore marketing on the ground. We do posters and flyers at the at the shows, and uh-huh. uh, you know, we engage with our social network people. We do press releases and all that kind of stuff. And then on our partnerships with smaller bands, you know, there's different levels that we can engage with them depending upon how they want to partner with us. So, you know, you can either do it all yourself, or you can have part of the pie, or we can give you the whole thing, and and you know. Uh, do it our traditional disc live way. So a logistical question about the set.fm, um, either with the when they're doing it all themselves or when you guys are, are on tour with them, are there opportunities for, for doing tiered levels of the download or, or buying the experience? Yeah, so so one of the things that we've started doing in the last several months um, is expanding our services to include VIP experiences and um, you know, merchandise and stuff like that. So, for example, with the with the Music of Cream tour, obviously we're offering them the opportunity to buy the physical product. Mm-hmm. That's one tier. They can buy the simply the download. That's another tier. Um, they can bundle the physical product or the download with you know a T-shirt or a hat or a poster. You <laughs> oh, know, so beautiful, fantastic. Yeah, beautiful. there's definitely definitely different levels, um, and we're really starting to employ, uh, explore. Um, different levels of engagement as well. So there's a lot of things we hope that we're going to, you know, get into this next year um, that we haven't had a chance to, and we've just been in scramble mode that we've been wrapping up so fast. <laughs> right, right. No. Yeah. yeah. But it, yeah, but absolutely, there, there's definitely going to be, you know, quite a few different things that they can choose from, um, and and you know, the video option is obviously going to be a tour tier when that gets to, you know, gets implemented too. So. Yeah. Um, you know, there'll be a variety of packages that the fans can buy. The key is you want to keep it simple enough where you don't confuse them, you know, at the end of the day. Right, uh, right. They have too many choices, they get confused. Yeah. Sure, sure. No, and I, I, I really, I, I love what you said about, uh, about that, you know, it can be an automatic upsell on the front end of the, of the ticket also. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Or, or it can be a, an upsell at, you know, at intermission or at the end of the night at the merch table. Right, that hey, you know, you want to you want to get tonight's performance. It's you know twenty five bucks, right? And and here's your download card, and or here's your download code, and and uh, I know I love that. I think we that was the thing that really excited us about it. That it's it's another way to, to monetize the experience for for the artist. Exactly, and the the other thing that we do 
um, that a lot of the companies that have come and gone that have tried to get into this space, as we do, we actively do pre-sales with a unique kind of a voucher for the physical product. So we'll put we'll put shows on sale long before the tour actually starts, and they purchase a voucher and they just show up with a voucher and pick the product up at the end of the night, oh, so they don't wow. have to stand in line or anything. So you're talking and now you're talking that about makes it pre-sales, pre-sales of the oh, yeah. experience. Wow. Exactly. That's and that also allows them. Yeah, that, that allows them to have money in their pocket to spend on other merchandise. Right, so they come with more money. Oh, genius. I love that. So now when you do something like that, are you working, you've got to be working directly with the artist then or with the artist booking agent? Or um, their management or? Usually artist management. Okay. You know, sometimes we'll work work with the label. Sometimes we'll work with the management. Nine times out of ten we go through, you know, artist management. Um uh, and uh, very rarely has it been through a promoter, but there's been a couple of times. Okay. Right. Well, and I can imagine um, that could get a little bit dicey if you were trying to deal with the label. Have you found any pushback from labels? Yeah, back in the old days, like when we first started doing this in 2003, they were terrified because <laughs> we were, you know, generating revenue that, you know, might from take away from right. or selling. Yeah. Right. But, you know, flash forward now, Everybody's looking for revenue, right? Because right, it's all 360 can, deals anyway. You know, so yeah, yeah. If we can, if we can help sell product, you know, and a, and a common misconception is, oh well, you know, my artist has a new album out, you know, I don't want it to cannibalize that that sale. And our response is, um, look, man, we're, a, you know, we can help you sell. Yeah. You know, the fans are gonna, fans are gonna probably buy that new record, but I guarantee if your artist is up there playing their favorite songs, we can sell a bundle. With mm-hmm. the live show and yeah. right. and the oh, the new record, wow! And, and you yeah. Can, yeah, and you can get scanned, you know. So right. it, it solves a lot of problems because we're uh, just like I said, we're a super effective, you know, grassroots marketing organization on top of all the recording stuff we do. Well, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So that's the point. That's the part that I guess Adam and I weren't thinking about is the, is the grassroots marketing that you're able to do in addition to the service. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, we call ourselves an end-to-end service when it comes to stuff that we provide to the clients. I mean, we, you know, it can get complicated, and that's another reason a lot of companies that have tried doing the full-service thing haven't haven't really made it because, you know, you got to deal with the artist manager. you got to deal with the label. you got to deal with the promoter. you got to deal with the venue. you got to deal with the union. You know, there's all these different facets that you have to manage and it's not the most easy thing in the world to do. But if we tell the artist, you know, we're like, no, you don't have to deal with any of that. Right, All you have to you. do is stand on stage and play. <laughs> right. Do exactly. what you normally do. Right. And, you know, there's a little, there's a little bit of integration because our, our road guys, you know, on a, on a CD kind of tour, we'll usually put three to four guys on the ground, sure. you know, with the tour. But they, come, they become integrated with the, the existing crew and it's like one big family exactly uh, on digital tours we'll end up with a you know with two guys you know but um, um you know it, it's uh it can be quite interesting there's always something exciting and, and new to deal with every day well the other thing that i that i really wanted you to touch on that I, that that really excited uh adam and i that there's really no initial cost right this is you guys are doing this for Correct. a percentage of sales Right. Correct. It makes absolutely no sense for an artist that is going out there and and make it and and they know they're going to sell out fifteen hundred seat arenas to not have you guys join them because they're just leaving money on the table. Correct. Right? And then if, if you add to that, you, you add to that the fact that 
everybody and their brothers in the audience holding their cell phone up, <laughs> exactly. recording it and posting, you know, posting poor quality Absolutely. content. Absolutely. Right. They, right. they have n- no benefit, no benefit from that at all. And our answer to that is like, look, we can record it. It's going to be great quality and you can sell it. You know, you're going to make right. money off of it. You know, <laughs> exactly. Why would you not want and there, we've had some pushback sometimes, you know, well, it's coming from the artist, so it has to be perfect. And I'm like, well, uh, it's going to be as close as you can get to a studio recording without actually being in the studio, you know, but it's going to be a lot better than that idiot in the audience holding yeah, the ab- cell phone. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's oh, so yeah. funny. You're exactly right. That, that as soon as we got into the time where um, everybody in the audience is holding up their phone and posting the video in poor quality anyway all the performances are out there now anyway so now at least you can have a really good quality performance of it and then the onus is on the artist as it should be to be awesome go be awesome exactly exactly and that's that's kind of the direction you know we're we're trying to push artists i mean there's there's some that will never want to do this because you know they're just too frightened to right you know put it out there but you know on the other hand the artists that are confident and that realize this is a fairly substantial ancillary revenue opportunity, yeah. they're going to go out and do it, you know, Absolutely. and they're going to benefit from that. There's a lot of money in this, you know. We, <laughs> I think Peter Frampton, you know, sold, uh, I can't remember how many, but it was, you know, well in the over a million dollars worth of product, you know, and so I know that, you wow. know, he did pretty well yeah, doing yeah. what we did. But there's, you know, there's tons of opportunity, and they just need to be able to be open enough to, to embrace that and, um, you know, try something new. And if they can think about it in terms of what they're doing in terms of a service to the fan base, they're, they're giving the fan base this access and this experience that they can take with them, and they're building a better relationship with their audience, which is long-game right. thinking, which they right. need to be doing anyway. It, exactly. And, and as ZFM continues to grow, we're going to build more experiential things into the app um, that will even create a, a more dynamic way that they can engage with their fans and, you know, have value that will bring the fans back to the app and, and will continue to help them, you know, move product and, and make more revenue. Oh, I love that. Yes. I love that. So just one more question around that. So I understand that whether it's set FM or disc live, that fans can purchase that that evening. Are they stored somewhere so that you can, you can purchase a, you know, something from your favorite band, you know, a year ago? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So you can go back and you know, search on set.fm, and there's a bunch of shows out there that you can download. Oh, that's fantastic. That's so it's so that's great. So even if you don't get them that night, you can get them the next time. And right. And you've got you're building up a catalog of songs that or or of performances that new fans can go back and find if they become super fans and exactly exclusive stuff. You know, wow. and that's kind of our one of our goals is not only you know we want to become the artist platform of choice to be able to monetize and and you know, upload their content, their live content. Overall, we want to kind of become the iTunes of, you know, live music. Yeah, so yeah. that we have a bunch of exclusive stuff from across the map that you're going to be able to have access to. And, and eventually that will include, you know, video. That's well, which again, um, and, and Zach, we are so excited. I mean, we've been telling everybody that will listen about set.fm, <laughs> every musician that will give us two seconds. We're like, no, dude, listen, go to this right now. Go get this app. And start recording your shows you now. You got to be doing this. If you're not doing that, you're just leaving revenue on the table, and it's <laughs> it's the it's the way of the future. Well, thank you for that. And I, you know, I really, you know, and the, one of the coolest things about it is literally they're using the same tool set that we're using. You know, when we go out and 
and do it ourselves. I mean, sometimes we'll put a little, we put a little extra mix into it, obviously. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah. Same basic tools, same tool set, same platform, same everything, you know, that we were running our big artist on. So there's a great opportunity there. And bands that are really good at marketing, they can sell a lot of products. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and again, I just got I can't say it enough. I, it's, it's one of these things where if you're already playing live shows, why would you not do this? You're just leaving money on the table. Yeah. You're already there. You're already playing. You might as well record it in this with this great platform and, and make some ancillary money at the end. It just makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. And soon, you know, within the next, um, you know, probably eight to 12 months, we hope to have the direct licensing platform integrated into that. So, wow. you know, it's, it, it, you know, it, and as we grow the, you know, grow the Soundster side of the house, more and more venues will come Soundster equipped and we'll build that, you know, build that content library up. So we know that, you know, we can direct license for any of these artists that actually want to sign up and use it. It's just phenomenal. Well, I'm, I, if if you'll allow, this will definitely not be the last time that we will talk to you about this, Zach, because this is amazing. Oh, absolutely, this man. Absolutely I appreciate amazing. the conversation. Oh, yeah. We, and the interest. Yeah, we, we would love to keep up with you on this and, uh, and have you keep our audience up our, on it, our too. Our whole point is to make sure that, uh, you know, aspiring, uh, emerging, and established artists have real, current, up-to-date information about the changing music industry, and I think this is one of the most important uh, uh, changes that we've that we've seen yeah, in, man. in a while. And anytime so. we can help out, we can help our artists find another revenue stream. Boom, <laughs> we're all over it. We're in, and it's easy. I mean, it's easy and it's free. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, you can't beat that. Can't no. beat it. Exactly. Can't exactly. beat it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time with us, man. We know how busy you are, so uh, uh, we're going to let you go. But, Zach, thank you so much for, for being on here. We're going to put – what link would you like us to put in the show notes so m people can go to the right place and get the right information? Yeah, so I would, I would give them um, the set.fm address, okay. set.fm. And if they want to look at the physical product side of the house, then they can go to disclive, D-I-S-C-L-I-V-E.net. And then just our main corporate site, venue.com. That's excellent. VNUE. And we will get those up there. And uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time, Zach. This has been amazing and informative. You're quite welcome. Thank <laughs> you guys very much. Yeah, we look forward to catching up again, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, that was fantastic. That was amazing. Yeah. Like, I mean, we knew it was cool. We knew it was really <laughs> well, important. Well, we were talking about it already. We so. were talking, right. We're, and to, I mean, we weren't just saying that because no, 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 was on no, no, we've already, we've already we have recommended been it to, to everybody many, that many will artists. listen. We're like, look, you guys are amazing live. <laughs> you have fans that love you. You're Why would you live. not want to sell them the live experience? The live experience that they just have. Well, you know, how much is it going to cost? It will cost you nothing. Nothing. <laughs> set, not I thought it was more than that. So, so I did too. from what Zach's saying, they only take fifteen percent. Fifteen percent when you're doing the DIY version, and when you're using the app by yourself, fifteen percent, right? So you get to keep eighty-five percent of what you're selling to your audience, and you're building up a catalog of live right uh, experiences for your for right? your fans, and you're giving them something that they're not getting from other bands. And hopefully, let's think of it like a farm league. Why, why don't you're, you're, maybe you're in single A, right? Or double exactly. A at this point. And then eventually you start selling out enough tickets. Well, you, now, now you can have now uh, get the premium package. The premium and, package. And, and they'll come on the road with you with a couple of, uh, of, of engineers and they'll help you. And then maybe you're doing stadiums and there's five people on the road and, and you're selling discs they, as well. And, and by then they've got video. They've happening got videos at the same time. I, 
Yeah. So excited. Yeah. I mean, very, very exciting. So exciting. Really great stuff. Yeah. Phenomenal. You guys, I mean, were you listening there? I hope you were listening. I hope you're listening because we just we just told you a way to make a bunch I mean, of money. How do we make more money? Like this. This is how. This is how. Because remember, you got this. We got your back. <laughs>